Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Fiery hot. Are they as hot as you say? Yeah, they're hot. Or as as hot as the title says? Mm-hmm. They're pretty fiery. Yeah. Cannabis infused. Okay. 10 milligrams of THC per bag. Per bag. Crunchy, as you can hear. Uh-huh. Delicious. Let me get one. Yum. Are you yeah. a hot... Are you... Uh, actually, tying into our guest this week, Emma. Yeah. Uh, to borrow from Nick Weiger and the Doughboys at, right at the top of the app. Wow, yeah. we have no original <laughs> ideas. No original ideas. Right. <laughs> but Mary Jane, are you a heat seeker? I wish I were a heat seeker. I am sadly kind of a, a pussy when it comes to super spicy things. There are different kinds of spice that I can tolerate. Does that make sense? Like, There's super... a sweet spice to these sumo snacks that are really nice. Fucking so good. I could eat a whole bag of that. But when it comes to like a ghost pepper vindaloo... You know, I can't, I can't, it's too much, but, um, I, I do love breaking a sweat. I, I also really love like the kind of like the spice of a really hot horseradish. Yeah. You know, but that's a kind of a different thing. I guess that's not what we're really Where do you land on the spicy mustard with Chinese food? Uh, love it. I just also then need to have like a really cold beer to, you know, douse it to, to quell my, my taste buds from dancing around. Absolutely. Right. These are really good. Mm -hmm. Um, also shout out to Sumo Snacks. T-S-U-M-O Snacks. Uh, I think we've tried all the flavors now. Uh, no, there's one I haven't tried still. I'm so excited. Really? Yeah. There's a Salsa Verde. Oh, mama. I'm looking forward to trying because we had the ranch and the, um... No, we have the salsa verde. There's no hint of lime. Hint of lime. Yes. Anyway, they've got all the f- flavors that you need for all of your savory snacking. And check them out. They're so oh. good. <laughs> oh. And sp- it's spicy. Oh my gosh. It's hotter than I thought. <laughs> oh man, my pores are open. Uh-huh. My taste buds are up and my pores are open. Yeah, I'm slurping on this water. Oh man, can I get... No. Yeah. Ah, you need a little shit. water? <laughs> uh, I'm just going to live with it. Well, uh, I, I like the pain. I do want to also say, go to Sumo Snacks website. You can get a free sample. Click on the uh, website part that says free sample, and they'll send you a free sample. What? I yeah, didn't know it that. won't be infused, but the chips are great. So oh my God. get some free chips. I didn't know that. That's like when I come over to your house and you have food I don't know about. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> about? You have leftover sog? Then Wait, you didn't tell me. Do you look me? at me and think that I my kitchen is just free samples for you? You think I'm running a Costco I feel for like one you're person? Hiding snacks from me all the time, Mike. I'm very concerned about it. You might need an apology. Speaking of apologies, thank you so much for your official apology on Pod last week with your wrong socks. My friend Rachel wrote in to say that she uh, thought that was great that you you know delivered an official apology, and uh, in in the spirit of like official letters, uh, we we've stumbled across another one that we have to share. Man, I am a mess. <laughs> I am a mess. Uh, yeah, I'm writing official statements of apology, which you do deserve. I'm also writing official letters, which no one should ever see. Ah, oh, man. Well, before we get to that letter, yeah. what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Uh, it's been better. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Cooking. Culture. Calling shit out. And uh, compositions. Oh, fucking all. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's pull it up. Let's okay. do it. Will you set up the context for let's how, do this. how I thought I was doing a good thing, but in fact, it's a very dumb thing? Thing. Well, this was so fantastic. Such a pleasant find. Such a good fucking, I mean, a good giggle, I guess, is, uh, you know, what I had when I, w- we were doing some outreach 
for some hot guests on upcoming ups. And I was like, you know, I feel like at some point there was a form letter that we had to do outreach to people who we don't know personally just to say like, hi, we'd love to have you on our podcast. Here's who we are. Yeah. And I went digging in our Google Drive and I found what is very official. It's titled guest request form letter. And then I read it. (laughs) It's a piece of shit. I thought I nailed it. I thought I wrote something that would be copy pasted and then used in perpetuity. Oh, yeah. This is the template for all guest outreach. Four sentences. For sure. Can, can we just read it? Can we just read it? I'll, I'll trade back and forth with you. No, what? just just read it. Oh, but, okay. w- but will you read it exactly as I wrote it? Because okay. I really thought I had something here. Okay, I'm going to read I'm gonna read the uh, guest request form letter that Mike composed one night when clearly you were very high. Very high. Hi, TK, 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 exclamation point. We are Mike and Mary Jane from the podcast Weed and Grub. And then in parentheses, South by Southwest 2021, uh, Forbes Best of 2019. We are huge fans of TK, 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 and love TK, TK, TK. And then in parentheses, specific detail. Would TK, TK, TK be interested in being a guest on our podcast? We usually record for about 30 minutes to an hour, but we're happy to work with whatever TK's schedule permits. Thank you, Mike and Mary Jane. Ugh. Ugh. Specific detail is my favorite thing where you're like, yeah, we'll just insert something very specific here to let them know that this is tailored. Like, obviously, you know, I do appreciate it because, like, the worst kind of outreach, I think, is when you get something that's clearly just that form They've letter. never listened to the podcast. They have no idea who we are. They right. just saw the words weed podcast, and they were like, my client yes. would be perfect for your, and it's like, you don't even know who we are, what we do. Yeah, or it's just, it's like, hi, Mike, and I'm like, excuse me, this is a podcast co-hosted by two people, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta listen, you gotta tailor your, your outreach, obviously. Um, so I do love that you, you you were like, we've got to put a specific detail in here. Right, to show that we care about <laughs> having them on the pod. But, okay, so in my defense, this is when I thought we were going to have an assistant to help us with some of this stuff, because it is just us editing, scheduling, doing it all. All of it. And so my idea was like me pushing a buzzer for our assistant and being like, Claire. <laughs> Claire Gets. comes in with like snacks <laughs> yeah. and is like, hey, Mike, what can I, here's some like, snacks. What can I do for you? And I'm like, we're getting Snoop Dogg on the pod. <laughs> and then it says, hi, Snoop Dogg. We are Mike and Mary Jane from the podcast Wheat and Grub, South by Southwest and Forbes. We're huge fans of your music and love your, what's the specific detail? And love. Uh, your collab with Lil Dicky. And love your collab with Lil Dicky. <laughs> Would Snoop Dogg be interested in being a guest on our podcast? We right. usually record, but happy to work with whatever Snoop schedule permits. See, that sounds great. That sounds great. That sounds very professional. And I'm sure that any assistant would be like, would just get it and be like, absolutely. I'll plug the names in, find a specific detail, <laughs> fired off and, you know, booked and blessed. Busy. <laughs> you guys are going to get, yeah. Oh, yeah. You want like Bruce Springsteen on your podcast? Definitely. Specific detail. Specific would be like, detail. Yes. Really loved when you pr- pulled Courtney Cox out of the audience for your, um, you know, 1984 video of uh, whatever the song that was. And then Bruce is like, whoa, they really are fans. Wow, they really know about me, man. <laughs> Specific. You know, I cracked my knuckles after that and probably texted you like, you might want to open the Google Drive. I t- yeah. Specific detail. <laughs> 
<laughs> I fear that this is funny to no one else but us, but it is very funny to me. I do love it because I think, you know, the, the big thing that I love with you about this podcast is that we hardcore geek out almost every week when we have a guest. Like we totally geeked out this week about having Emma on our podcast because just getting to know someone is such a cool thing. And so like, it's so funny that you would actually feel the need to make this form letter because everyone we reach out to and have on the podcast is someone that we're so geeked about talking to. And we write personal emails to each person that are like curated to like what we want the vibe to i think you're right that's the funny part is not once have we used that because it's such a piece of shit and it's so cold and heartless yeah Yeah. we're like super stoked about anyone that we want to talk to saying yes to coming on the podcast and yeah like it would we would never actually need to do research we'd plug in a googled specific detail (laughs) so God fucking love you, Mike. Mr. Obama, maybe we can cross pod with you and Mr. Springsteen. We loved your most recent episode. Here's a specific detail. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just so stoked to always do this with you. And um, I think it was very charming. So thanks. Yeah, I really do. We both really try. We do. But sometimes that energy and time is misdirected in a wasteful way. That is very funny to look back on. I, when we went on our, our smoke and stroll today, I was saying that I think our production company name should be Scattered Focus because I feel like you and I really do try to do so many things and try and focus on, you know, one thing to get done at a time. But because we're both a little, you know, our energy, we're both swirly people. Yes. And so we, we swirl in a scatter and then we focus. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. you want to get to the news? I do want to get to the news. All right. What's the news this week, Mary Jane? The news this week. The Grubla Gazette is coming to you from the Los Angeles Times, and it is a story about a topic that we've talked a few times about here, civil asset forfeiture, and how fucked up it is. So the headline is, FBI and San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department accused of illegally seizing marijuana cash. And Illegally. Did I say legally? I... I'm making sure I heard it correctly. <laughs> yes, illegally. Illegally. Yes, the okay. the FBI and the Sheriff's Department are accused of illegally seizing uh, $712,000 in um, cash from licensed marijuana dispensaries. So the driver of an armored car was carrying the $700,000 in cash from... Uh, dispensaries in the Inland Empire and was heading into Barstow on a Mojave Desert freeway last November when um, the driver was pulled over by San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies who interrogated him, seized the money, and then just turned it over to the FBI. And a few weeks later, deputies stopped the same driver in Rancho Cucamonga and took an additional $350,000. All of this is from legal pot stores, legal cannabis dispensaries. It's a fucking shakedown. They're and doing gave that to the FBI as well. Yeah. So the FBI is now trying to confiscate confiscate the one million dollar bounty, which it would then share with the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department. The FBI says the money is tied to federal drug or money laundering crimes, but has specified no unlawful conduct and charged no one with a crime. This is what they are able to do under the civil asset forfeiture laws. I'm gonna have to repeat it because it's so hard for me to wrap my head around this kind of bullshit. Pulled them over. Yep. Took the money. Yep. No crime, no nothing. Just said, I don't think this is legal money. And then disappeared and then did it again. And now the FBI and the police department are trying to split that money. Yep. And the guy is like, why did you take my legal money? And they're like, shut up. And those state licensed cannabis businesses who who own that million dollars have to prove that it's theirs in order to get it back. 
I know we have an episode coming up with a uh, lawyer, David Holland, where That's we right. get more into this. Yes. But he even said, and I'll just quote it now for the future, where he was like, it is all of a sudden feeling like it is guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Uh, yeah, this this story is, you know, it really gets into it and how, you know, they're, because cannabis is illegal under federal law, the FBI can use this as a sort of, you know, excuse to pull over these cars and, and use this civil asset forfeiture nonsense to try and seize people's proceeds your honor finders <laughs> keepers crazy. losers weepers i rest my case that's what this sounds like it's we spoke about that story recently um where we covered a different civil asset or, oh my god i'm so civil asset forfeiture case where that um safety deposit box business in beverly hills had been seized and they were trying to hang on to all of that money and there was one um person who owned a safety deposit box who took them to court and got his money back and they were like you know telling him that he couldn't possibly have seventy thousand dollars in legal money that was his they accused him of you know getting it by they accused him of being poor and brown yeah is really I what mean, it was they, they were like you can't yeah you're you got this because you were making uh bongs out of liquor bottles yeah and, Anyway, he got his fucking money back, so... Man, man, oh man, oh yeah. man. So what do you do? You just have to carry receipts around all the time for this? I bet that wouldn't even work at the right. end of the day, you it's know? Crazy. It's crazy. We should be able to pull over cops then and yeah. do civil, <laughs> uh, what is it called? Citizen arrest. <laughs> yeah. And like take their ham sandwich or give whatever all, it is. Give me all your snacks. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, give me all your snacks. <laughs> you, we should be you able pull to pull over a cop car and you'll give me all your snacks. I want that Slim Jim. <laughs> oh, open the glove box slowly. Hand me your snacks <laughs> yeah it's wild because and then these... they have to prove with a receipt that it's their number two from mcdonald's otherwise i'm eating it that's right you fucking show me your receipts show me all the receipts i yeah it's it's really infuriating because these businesses are already i mean as we know and we've talked on here a lot like california cannabis businesses are struggling so much under the over regulation over taxation over saturation of the market all of these things and to boot they also don't have access to fair banking so they have to hire an armored car to carry the cash and then they're you know that car is getting pulled over and hit by this you know government fucking piracy of these you know law enforcement agencies just stealing yeah straight up stealing it's horrifying uh but know your rights know your rights do it by the book yeah and more times than not That's it sounds thing. like no, this you'll is win. by the book this oh, fuck, is by right. the fucking book uh read the book <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know. Not much more to say about that story except that it's horrible and it's still ongoing. You know, well, the war on drugs is not over and the fucking, you know, federal agencies and state agencies are still conspiring against businesses that have been legalized under state law. So I don't have any answers and I'm about to dig myself in a hole. So please change the subject. Okay. But Bitcoin, baby. Oh, no. Decentralization. <laughs> Just doing weed deals on the uh, on the Bitcoin web okay. where cops can't pull you over and be like, let me see your cyber wallet. I'm, yeah, It's like, sorry about you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's it's, something there. It is true. In my experience with law enforcement agencies, when I've the few times that I've actually sat down with cops, they don't even know how social media works. So I think Bitcoin is probably, yeah, the way to, you know. It could be. Crypto, hide your, hide your money in crypto, maybe. I don't know. I don't trust that either. Oh, no. I don't no. trust any of it, Mike. <laughs> You've turned me to the dark side. I'm all conspiracy theorist with you now. Good. Yeah. That's good. Question everything. <laughs> we absolutely should. Um, do you mind if I hit this real quick? No. What are you hitting? Uh, the oh, new PAX. Hell yeah. Oh, we want to talk about that. That's the... the okay, so the PAX live rosin oh, fuck, cartridges good. just dropped this week. They've got a new line of 
fresh pressed live rosin pods for the PAX era, which is their, so if you have the PAX three, which is the flower vapes, freaking awesome. They also have the era, which is a slim little unit that just tucks into your pocket. That is for oil yeah. and pods. Yeah. And also it's their, like usually that they're using outside flower sources mm-hmm. for all of this, but now everything is in house and in their control completely for oh, the first time ever, interesting. which is really exciting because I not only love packs, but I mean, this thing is almost out and I've had it for two days. Yeah. So yo, thank you for the lemon cake. Thank you for the Tahoe Rose and thank you to Pax because this thing is fire and they engraved it. Check it out. Oh, nice. They've got a little cola on there. That's so sweet. I'll throw this on the IG too. They've got, um, right now I'm seeing four flavors. They've got Tahoe Rose, Guava Gelato, Blue Dream, and Lavender Haze in these solventless pods. Um, I imagine that you'll be able to just get them everywhere you can get PAX pods in general. Live rosin means whole plant, right? So live rosin, yeah, it's a solventless extraction where they take the plant and they freeze it and then they extract the entire profile of the plant. So you get like all of the terps and all of the flavonoids and all of the cannabinoids and it's sort of like a, it's like a thumbprint of what the whole plant would look like in oil form. Okay. Can you say that in a way I get it? Yeah, uh... I don't know what what would help like food. Oh, okay. Um, it's like uh, I guess like the so a lot of concentrates that you get in vape carts is distillate, which you know we talked on here before. It's like use trim and you know people those who know would call it like hot dog water or whatever. It's like it's very processed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say like if the sort of distillate, if you consider that like a craft single, like a very very processed version of cheese, mm-hmm. this live rosin would be like a super stinky epoise yeah. where you can actually like smell all of the sort of profile of the like you know the name of the cow that it came from right basically. it's a creamy the yeah. milk is you can, can you taste the, like, the grass up you can in taste, there yeah you can tell that like trixie bell really like <laughs> snacking on fresh hay <laughs> the whole thing it's very uh you know, I mean, if you really love weed and you love the weed tastes, you love the way weed tastes. Jesus, I'm I'm like stumbling over my words today. If you really love the way weed tastes, you will love live rosin. If you love flour, for me, like I, I'm not a dabber, but I do love live rosin because it is the full profile of the plant with all of those terps. It's delicious. It is. And this is a really good product. Yeah. So it's like enhanced potency. It's a you know, level up in the THC levels from smoking flour, but you still have that amazing sort of balanced experience because you've got all of the, the profile of that delicious plant. Can you please give a TED Talk that breaks down weed by using examples of cheese? Because that was not only beautiful, <laughs> but now I'm thinking about like a grilled cheese that I want to make tonight. Ooh. I got a little bit of fig jam and some caramelized onions left over in my fridge. Like you got me on a cheese bender right now, especially after eating these flaming hot cheese chips from Sumo. You know, I used to work, uh, when I worked at Cafe Luxembourg in New York, the wine director, the um, GM of the place when I was there, his name is Kyle taught me a lot about wine and then he moved to Vermont and he opened up a cheese making place with his wife and would come back and sell his gorgeous cheeses his like you know wrapped in bee pollen and you know his washed rinds and all like the stinkiest most amazing unpasteurized beautiful raw cheeses and I would love to have a cheese maker on maybe we could even have Kyle on to talk about all of the different aspects of cheese making and how it relates to weed because I think there are a lot of parallels there for sure absolutely like the full profile as opposed to the sort of like the processed version yeah Mm -hmm. like Velveeta versus Brie 
Yeah. Like a versus big, like a washed rind, like an impoise or something, something super stinky. Could you give me your top five cheeses right now if I put you on the spot? Oh. I could do mine if you need to think about it, but I would love to hear your top cheese. Um, I love a Humboldt fog. I love uh, an impoise. I love an aged, like a seven year old Gouda. Um, I love a shaved manchego on an arugula salad and a stinky ass Stilton. God damn. Those would be my five. Everyone listening to this like pulled over and is fanning themselves. <laughs> what are your five? Ooh, that's hot. Humboldt Fog okay. is absolutely on there. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I'm into, the, it's like a goat cheese, but it has dill in it. Ooh. I really, I think goat cheese, uh, I, I, I wish everyone liked it as much as I do because I could eat it like a log of cookie dough. That's Ooh. how much I like it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I love a gooey brie. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything smoky, excuse me, I'm not super into. Okay. I hear you on the like seven to twenty five year cheddar. Anything with crystals, yeah, cheddar the, with crystals. The, the, that like seven year Gouda has those salt crystals, and they're yeah. just oh my god, so freaking amazing. The cheddar keef. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then um um oh uh like an old Parmesan, I think is probably probably my number one cheese. Like if I could have one of those cheese wheels that you always mm. see that people crack open and like eat salad out of and everything. Like I would love to have a cheese wheel just sitting on my counter for every day. I'd eat eggs out of it. I'd eat everything. Let's go to Switzerland and eat some of those. Like they have those amazing, have you ever seen where they bring those like, like their knives that are, you know, they have to hold them with two hands and they yeah. pull down on the wheel of cheese and it comes off in that huge melty strip. Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this and you're in Switzerland uh bring us out <laughs> let's go we'll, we'll record live and yeah. um a uh, specific detail specific detail <laughs> about how much how excited we are to be there <laughs> i wonder what the weed is like in switzerland and if there is any there's got to be i imagine they probably got the best weed in the world because they have about, you know the top chocolate and you know all of all of the best things exist in switzerland but i feel like the, the laws there are also very like rigorous and a little are they i thought their jails uptight. you like you check into jail every morning and you check out at night and go home oh isn't that switzerland no yeah what are you talking about yeah i'm gonna look it up i i feel like it is a very oh you mean liberal... if you're serving a prison sentence yeah. you can like go you go to jail at night and then you go to work during the day i think is actually what it is right right isn't that switzerland maybe because well i'm just thinking like they probably have the best weed in the world but they keep it low-key because it's like we don't want american riffraff showing up here sure. and like spoiling the pot with too much salt you know yeah i bet they've got like delicious hash that they hide in their mountainside villas and they're like stay away we don't want anyone to know about our Amazing hash culture here. Who knows? Okay. What are prisons like in Switzerland? Let's hear it. Uh, Open prison. There are no walls and inmates sentenced for offenses that range from drunk driving to murder wear their own clothes and work under the supervision of unarmed prison staff. Wow. I had no idea, Mike. I didn't either. That's so fascinating. Well, you did because you were like, isn't that where they just do this thing that you just described? So Yeah, I knew. You did know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't back away from something you knew. How dare you? I'm offended by that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, well. Do you want to get to our Buds of the Week I feel like week? we should get to our Buds of the Week because we have such an incredible guest this week, our VIB. Yeah. Well, let's do our Buds of the Week first. Well, we're sharing them this week because they yeah. are our Buds and they're also Emma's Buds as well. That's right. So do you want to go first or second-ish? You go first. Uh, our Buds of the Week this week are, dun-da-da-dun, happy birthday, John Gabris. And his 
fabulous wife, Tiffany. Happy fucking 40th to both of you as a West Hollywood weed power couple doing cool shit all the time. They really are WeHo royalty. They are WeHo royalty. I mean, I follow them both avidly on Instagram. Tiff started her amazing bespoke boutique flower business um, during the pandemic and has blown up and is just making the most incredible, elaborate, exquisite, exotic floral arrangements under um, at the Sweetser Life. You can follow her on IG just to see how incredible her artwork is. And also how fabulous she is. Like she's just always rocking cool outfits and doing beautiful, inspirational things. And if you love someone or you love yourself, get some flowers from her for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. I bet she's already booked up. Oh, geez. But I'm going to try. Give it a go if you can. Yeah. She's so talented. And then Gabrus, if you're not listening to the High and Mighty podcast or Action Boys podcast, come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, yeah, he's just a perfect beam of light. And I really do love the guy. So happy birthday, Gabrus. He is at Gabrus. And also shout out to your birthday cake from our friend Christina. Yeah. The, the the community is strong here in West Hollywood. That's right. Uh, she's at Fruit and Flower now. She used to be at Baking with Chickens, and she made him a 200 milligram banana pudding birthday cake that was uh, custom on Tiff, who is, you know, knew exactly what Gabrus would want for his 40th. Uh, I hope you love every slice of it. And uh, if there's any left over, you know, give me a call. <laughs> yep. Mary Jane, she lives on beep, 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 specific beep, detail. Beep, specific <laughs> yeah happy birthday Gabrus. you're the fucking shit truly yeah love you man and speaking of people that we love and now are our buds hell yeah come on emma emma erdbrink our vib this week emma just speaking of beams of light the most incredible person with a brain that holds so many things all at once because of all the incredible work that she does and then also just how fucking cool she is she's very cool yeah tech wizard stoner mm-hmm um, has a boyfriend who seems very cool. And why are you making a face about that? He seems cool. Like what? I've never met him. So why are we talking about her boyfriend? I haven't met him either. This is this is my specific detail for her to come back with her boyfriend and do a double pod. Don't make that face. This is like a... Uh, I'm throwing lures out and trying to hook put, it's, new friends. Put that in your husband's lunchbox moment. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Her boyfriend seems cool. Which he does. I'm just having a good time making fun of you. I just need friends. It's- <laughs> <laughs> Emma, your boyfriend seems fucking awesome. And you're so fucking great. Uh, She's I don't know the producer I- for so yeah. many hit podcasts out there that, um, I don't know, if you listen to us, you probably listen to all of them as well. And we make her list them at the top of this. So she, she you know, tells us what she gets up to. But yeah, yeah. she's incredible. And also, um, the first time I was listening to the Doughboys and Emma was on it, and I think she goes, do you guys mind if I hit my vape? And all of a sudden, I was like, who is this? And I was like, (laughs) awesome. And it was like, oh, an amazing producer who's very talented, smokes a bunch of weed and is funny. Great. Absolutely incredible. And your boyfriend's cool, goddammit. And your boyfriend's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Specific detail. (laughs) Should we do it? Yes. Okay. Dear God. Oh my God. (laughs) This has been a really fun intro, but without further ado, here is our interview with Emma Erdbrink. Emma, what's good, yo? 
Not much. How are you guys? I saw that you just had a GIF made of you uh, during one of your recording sessions hitting your vape, and I was like, she's she's got a GIF? <laughs> she's, she's got a, a, a weed GIF? That's awesome. I think that's the first time I've ever been, uh, is the term gift? I don't know. <laughs> But uh, I was that was great. I love that. I sent that to my sister when I first saw it. And I was like, does this define me more than anything else in the world? And she was like, yeah, that's you and a gif. <laughs> you produce how many podcasts do you produce currently? That's a really good question. Um, I should know this number off the top of my head, like four or five of them. Six that's of a them. lot. I don't know. It's a lot. I freelance. So there's a lot of shows that I work on where I like pop in for one day a week and help out when they need it. And then I'm not there the rest of the week. So it's like, I'm not really producing. I'm just like in the background, audio engineering. <laughs> Can you make a list of the ones you are currently on? Yeah, right now I got, well, Doughboys, um, High and Mighty with John Gabris. I got Ask Rana with Rana Glickman and Brian Safi. And then um, I've been doing self-helpless for years with all things comedy for with Kelsey Cook and Delaney Fisher and formerly Taylor Tomlinson. Um, I've been working at marketplace for years. It's a show on American public media that airs on NPR. It's an economics news show with Kyra Zoll. Uh, that's one of the ones I just kind of like pop in here and there. Wow. You, you pop in on Kai Rizdahl. That is what a, what an amazing dream gig to just be able to like show up. He, I, I such a fan of Kai Rizdahl. Oh, he's great. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've been making, saying make me smart on Tuesdays for the past couple of months now, I guess. I don't know. It's like random. And then I've been randomly mixing the ESPN daily podcast. <laughs> Whoa. That's crazy. It's like all over the place. <laughs> You're producer extraordinaire. So many people must be, uh, you know, constantly clamoring to, to get your time. It sounds like, because you know, you, I mean, you engineer and do so much for some of my favorite podcasts. Doughboys obviously being, you know, one of the top ones and high and mighty. We love Gabriel so much. Yeah. And the fandom that you must have for the for your work across the board on all of those must be pretty amazing. I mean, the I I've been the fans of all of the all of the shows I work on are just like they're all such genuine, kind people, and I genuinely enjoy interacting with them online. So like these little communities are so fun to be a part of. Like the Doughboys, we have the Discord server, and it's just like I don't get in there that often, but when I do, it's the most heartwarming place. Everyone's just like blowing each other up and like supporting each other and it's happy and I was just like it's so cool it's so fun just because yeah. we podcast how cool <laughs> yeah and and to be able to do it through uh COVID too like you're in you're on I don't want to dox you but you're not in LA I'm in Kennebunk Maine people know I talk about it on Dope Boys all the time so oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it I appreciate it I mean what a gorgeous part of the world but your winter must be pretty intense it's a, it's a, yeah, it's very cold. Uh, last night, my boyfriend and I were walking our dog and we walk her every night after dinner. So it's like 10 PM that we tend to take this like late night walk. And it's been so freaking cold. We're like, just poop so we can go back inside. <laughs> but last night we were like, it's gotta be like below 10 degrees or something. It's really cold. Then we got back and my mom's like, what is wrong with you going out for such a long walk? It's five degrees. <laughs> Man. Wait, what's your dog's name? Gemini, do you want to see her? She's sleeping behind me. Yeah, I'd like to yes. see Gemini, and then I have a Gemini question. Oh my god, yes. Okay, here she is. She's snoozing. Gemini, say hi. What's up, Gemini? Hi, Gemini. For everyone listening, we will, if with uh, Emma's permission, put a Gemma Gemini picture on the 
IG. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll show you. This is Archie. <gasps> Hi, Archie. What a sweetie. I have no shortage of Gemini photos. I'm happy to supply them whenever needed. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so I have a question then because Mary Jane and I, we went on a smoke and stroll night walk ourselves where we just get really high and figure it all out on a walk. And Archie pooped four times. He was a four bagger. And wow. I just was curious what Gemini's record was um, on a walk. I think her record, it's probably just two or three. She's like, she's such a chill dog. I take her out in the morning when we, when we get up, she sleeps in. So if I sleep until 11, she sleeps in with me. Doesn't make any noise. Doesn't wake me up. And then she's just like down to go for a little walk when we get up. And then I take her out before we go to bed. And like, that's all she needs. She doesn't go to the bathroom very often. <laughs> she's <just laughs> like super chill. <laughs> Definitely on some long walks. We've done two or three, but I don't think we've ever hit four. That's pretty impressive, especially for what appears to be a fairly little dog. <laughs> Speaking of dogs and poops, if I could just share one more story, because it happened in Maine. <laughs> when my sister was living in Damaris Scottish, she had this awesome black lab named Moose. And we went on a hike. I can't remember where we were, but somewhere beautiful in the woods of Maine. And my sister's boyfriend noticed something hanging out of Moose's rear end. Did he have a dingleberry? He had what looked like a dingleberry. And so he's, he like kind of like tugged on it and then it came out and out and out. And then he ended up stepping on it and then most took off running and he had swallowed dental floss and he oh got like 20, 20 feet away <laughs> as it unraveled. Imagine what that felt like for Moose. <laughs> it must have felt so crazy for Moose. He was running like he was, you know, he was like legging it for to get away from whatever was happening behind him. It was like having a kite, but but a dog. <laughs> That's wild. <laughs> it was really strange. Jemmy yeah. ate one of my hairs once and we had a similar situation, but it was it didn't go on for nearly as long. It was just about, you know, the length of my hair, which is pretty long, but not. Not dental boss long. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad we got off to a, such a rollicking start. Uh, <laughs> classy all the way. Heck yeah. Do you come from a family of sound stands? Does everyone in your family love sound and that's how you got into audio? Um, kind of. My dad loves sound. My dad's a musician. Uh, so he's a sound guy. We had He had a little sound studio, like recording studio in our basement growing up. So I used to watch him record his own music and stuff. So that's kind of where I saw it start. And then I was into music and vocal performance when I was in high school. And I thought that's what I was going to study at college. Uh, it's not. Uh, I took vocal perf uh, like lessons for years for like operatic and classical vocal techniques because uh, I was like a musical theater kid. And that's like what you're supposed to do. And then I dropped, I haven't sung anything in probably a decade, <laughs> except for like in the shower and to my steering wheel <laughs> <laughs> and to my dog, I guess. I sing to her sometimes. Ooh, a dog song. Always a nice dog song oh, is yeah. important. I mm -hmm. love fitting her name into things because we call her, her name's Gemini, but we call her Jemmy. So she fits into a lot of songs like Jemmy and the Pets instead of Benny and the Jets is, <laughs> is one of my favorites. Um, That's a good one. Whatever it strikes, you know, you just got to sing it out. <laughs> Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy and the pet. Exactly. Like yep. when I'm trying to get her to come downstairs for dinner, it's a great time to break it out. <laughs> <laughs> so your dad is a, a fantastic musician and yes. you, um, and so you were learning music from him and then you fell into musical theater, but musical theater wasn't the path. Yeah. Musical theater wasn't quite the path. My, um, my dad very wisely 
I think in a lot of ways talked me out of trying to pursue a performance degree and into a technical degree that could back up my potential performance goals. So, uh, which I am very, at the time I was like, I just want to do performance. Why won't you let me do it? But then now I'm like, that was a great choice. Thanks dad. <laughs> look it out for me there. Um, mm-hmm. so he encouraged that I look into like recording technologies and like the stuff that goes behind, like on behind the scenes in music. And, uh, I ended up at Emerson college, which is not a f- music school, <laughs> it's a, a film school. And in the film sound department, I was like this, I didn't know this was a thing. This is weird. I just kind of showed up here and was surprised and I loved it. And so I just kind of ran with it. And then I ended up in podcasting. <laughs> How did that come about? Like, how did you connect with uh, any of the podcasts that you're working with now? What was your first? Uh, Marketplace was actually my first with Kai. Um, A friend of mine, Cerise Castle, that I went to college with, she's a fantastic journalist. Um, She was working at Marketplace when we first graduated college. And I moved out to LA and she was like, hey, the engineering department needs some engineers and I'm sure they would love to have a lady engineer on board. Are you interested? And I was like, yes. Awesome. Uh, so I started doing on-call like part-time work for them. And then I just, and I was driving Lyft. <laughs> Living in LA. So you moved here from Boston? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I went from New Hampshire to Boston and then I jumped all the way to LA, which was a big jump. But uh, yeah, I was driving Lyft and working part-time at Marketplace. And then I met I met a guy in my Lyft who I was driving to somewhere. I don't even remember where, who was also an audio engineer new to LA. And was, he was like, do you want to grab coffee and just like talk about jobs and stuff? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we got coffee and then he got offered a part-time job that he couldn't take. So he gave it to me. And that was Feral Audio, which is a now defunct podcast network. Um, and so I worked there for a while. And then when that fell, the Doughboys were like, hey, I need, we need uh, an engineer to fill in for a little bit. Do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah. And then I never left. <laughs> That's so great. Wow. I mean, it's a true stumbling. I stumbled. I just kind of fell through. <laughs> That's the beauty of this city. Yeah. yeah. And those are the best kinds of stories. And Feral Audio had some legendary podcasts on that network while you were there. Wasn't My Favorite Murder part of that network for a yep, minute? Yeah, it was. And um, Natch Butte was a part of it. And Morgan Murphy had a podcast on that network, Harmon Town. It was a whole bunch of stuff. And then that became Starburns Audio, which I stayed with for a while and did some work for them. I worked with Na- uh, on Natch Butte for a while with Jackie Johnson, which is like still a great podcast. Um, and then Morgan Murphy moved over to All Things Comedy with her podcast, Los Feliz podcast, which is a super niche podcast about just Los Feliz. The neighborhood <laughs> in Los Angeles. I love that. It was such a tiny little fun podcast, um, but Morgan's great. And she moved over to All Things Comedy and brought me with her. So I ended up over there. So I met a bunch of people over there. My boyfriend and I actually met working there. And so I just kind of like stumbled through. And now I just exist. I don't know. I don't know how I got here. I was just like, cool. I have stuff to do and that's what matters. And I'm excited about it. When you were, uh, when you were at Emerson, is there a podcasting program or is audio audio across the board? You just got to figure out a couple new systems. They had, when I was there, they had a radio major, which is no longer a thing there. Um, and I'm pretty sure my class was the last class that could elect to take the radio major. That wasn't my major. I had friends in it, but they, we shared a lot of classes. I, the, my major is technically, my degree is technically in sound design and audio post-production for film and TV. That makes a lot of sense because you will get to your hot dog podcast, but that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, we will. Holy we shit. Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, really, so that's, 
that's like, my technical training. So podcasting is just like a fun mixture of, I remember I was trying to describe it to a relative once that was like, what exactly is a podcast? And I like was tongue tied. I couldn't come up with a way to say it. And actually Nick Weiger was like, I usually just say internet radio show and that works. And I was like, that is the best way to put it. And I don't know why I think about it like that, but that's what it is. Right. Yeah. It really is a radio play. I mean, yeah. You know, especially the, the, like I let's talk about the hot dog episode of Doughboys because that was it's one of the best episodes of, of anything I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> we Mike and I have cited it in so many instances in the last few weeks since we listened to it as just like I'm the most blowing. spectacular. My heart oh my, is so warm. Oh my god, it's the most spectacular example of editing and storytelling and uh, just everything you want in a wonderful podcast that you. Oh my god. Like I the the journey that you took us on. Yeah, can I say the quote that Mary Jane was like, "Oh, you should say that to Emma because yeah, she'll do. like to hear that." Oh yeah, I was saying I was like, it threads this needle of like absurdity, sincerity, and like storytelling, yeah. and I didn't even know that needle existed. Like they threaded a right. new needle that didn't exist before this. It was. I cool. have to say that like a lot of the vision for that episode was Evan Susser. He like really ran with it, and I was just try- trying to facilitate the technical aspects of it and like help him out with it. And then once we started editing it down, and like I started to see where he was taking it, I was like. I get it. Like I was trying to, I was like, this seems so absurd. Do people actually want to hear this stuff? Like, this is insane. These conversations we're having with like people about an eight year old hot dog bite. I was like, what is <laughs> happening? Completely losing my mind. And then I like, it started to come together and I was like, this is fantastic. I'm so excited. <laughs> For anyone listening who hasn't heard this episode of Doughboys, please go and listen to it. It it really is all of the things we just said. It's like, a, it's a, it's a thriller. It's a roller coaster ride of emotion. It's so funny. And it, it truly is just the story of two people who kind of had a falling out over like a, a, who finished a bite, bite of, of hot, hot dog. dog. It's crazy. And, and the most wonderful thing ever. And especially what we need right now, because I feel like everyone's like, what's the next big story? And it was like, no, what is this tiny little story right. that is also a microcosm of everything that is a friendship? Totally. And it was just like very funny and goofy, but also kind of serious. And like, you kind of talk about friendship and relationships, but like at the end of the day, it's a fucking hot dog. And you're like, what? (laughs) But it's like goofy. And it's you're. I like, I love that quote. I'm going to like write that down later and send it to Evan. Cause it's like the perfect, it was absurd, but real and like dramatic, but not like heavy. (laughs) Like, are you designing sound for that? And like sending cuts? Like, what does it look like to create something that big and small at the same time through I guess like I because we can only hear it an audio story yeah Yeah. it's um it started with a lot of zoom call interviews that Evan and I did with the different people involved in the whole story and uh just kind of like listening to because part of the reason we started that whole thing at all was because of a feedback email we got on Doughboys and then a follow-up from the friend that was like, wait a second, I heard this story. I'm pretty sure this is my friend. This is fucking insane. And we were like, okay, is this legit? Or is this two fans just trying to like get their moment on Doughboys? Let's let's. And Evan was like, let's talk to them. Let's, let's figure it out. Let's see if it's real. So that was like our whole goal going into it was to figure out if this was like real, a real situation or if it was fabricated for, you know, 15 minutes on a podcast. Um, and it's definitely real, percent <laughs> real. Like shockingly, after the first like conversation Evan and I had with one of the um, guys, we were like, 
this is totally legit. This is a legit story. This is a legitimate eight-year-old beef these people have over a hot dog. Oh, beef. Nice. Pun intended. Pun, Pun intended. intended. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, totally. We So we interviewed them. We talked to them. And it was a lot of just like listening through for the best like way to tell the story using their words and just kind of cutting down like a 30-minute interview to a like two-minute, three-minute synopsis of what they like wanted to say, sort of. And then, yeah, I just like spent a lot of time putting music underneath it and like deciding where it should be like super dramatic and suspenseful and like teasers. And we had a lot of fun with it. (laughs) Uh, It's the best. It's the best kind of listening. It's fantastic. I hope you win all of the awards. (laughs) So good. We want to do more. Uh, Evan set up a tip line. I think it's manbitesdog at gmail.com. I'll find, I'll find the actual one so that I can give your listeners if they've got, you know, similar stories that they want to share. Yeah. Sharing beef. I mean, honestly, in the weed world, (laughs) but you know, it's, it's one of the craziest things to me when I started working in the weed world as a writer to absolutely like uncover the fact that there's so much beef in the weed industry. It's a weird, you know, everyone's like, Oh, it's so chill. And everyone must get along all the time. Absolutely not. It's like tons of beef. So I'm sure there will be lots of hot tips coming from the, the weed industry to be resolved on uh, Doughboys if, if you're yeah, taking those kind of tips. Totally. <laughs> I found the email just in case, so we got it right. It's manbitesdogtips at gmail.com. Um, I want to go back. I'm, I'm going to keep going back because you talk about how like you kind of you were in performing and you liked performing and then you got into podcasting. Yet now retroactively, it sounds like you're performing again in this like new way that everyone is really enjoying you and uh i make a bit of fun of mary jane because she was just in print in a magazine where it's like comedian mary jane gibson and like mary jane is a actor and theater performer as well and then gets into writing and now is being called a comedian who is going to do sets at like Sketchfest and stuff like that. So it's like both of you have like found your way to We just still got perform. here a really weird way. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yep. <laughs> no, it's I I kind of gave up my I like the concept of performing. I kind of grew out of it at some point. Like when I was in college, I was like, you know, I was like watching friends of mine who were in the theater program who were incredibly talented actors and actresses and just like absolutely crushing these roles and like beautiful singers. And I was like, you know what? They have a drive for this that I just do not have. This is not it was a hobby for me at best. I thought it was my path. It's not, I'm going to kind of like let that go. And I was so totally fine with that. And I was like geared up for this life behind the scenes. And I do love being behind the scenes, but yeah, it's weird how it's come back around. We're like, now people are asking me to come on their podcast and I'm on like this live stream with Nick and Mitch talking about like chickens. And I don't (laughs) even know what, (laughs) I don't even know what else. It's like weird how, yeah, things come around and you end up back where you thought you were going to be, but like not at all where you thought you were going to be. Totally. Well, water, water will always seek its own level. I mean, you found your way into being funny on air with very funny, professionally funny people like Gabrus and Nick and Mitch and so many of the people you've mentioned, like how cool that, how cool and copacetic that you all found each other through this funny world. Yeah. It was like, and totally just by, like I said, like by stumbling, like I stumbled into like working with Nick and Mitch and then, then they signed with HeadGum and then I met like Gabrus through them and Gabrus the shows on HeadGum. And so now I'm mixing a high and mighty. And then uh, now I'm doing good Christian fun with Kevin Porter. And it's like, just kind of snowballs through 
that's the other another podcast I forgot about when I was listening to them earlier. No, no offense to Kevin. I fucking love Kevin and Caroline. Good question, <laughs> fun. That's such a good show. Yeah, Kevin's awesome. I see you every once in a while when you've done like a particularly complicated edit. You'll share the like this what the screen looks like. So yeah. people can see like uh, how much work actually goes into it. Have you ever had a disastrous, um, not that I want to jinx anything with any of our podcasting lives, but have you ever had an edit that just like you lost or like the, the power went out and everything disappeared at something like that? Totally. I, um, I've got, I learned, I got, I burned myself pretty hard in college a couple of times with some hard drives. So I'm pretty good about backing stuff up. Um, and keep, or just keeping copies of like original files. Like I keep all of my shows, I, all of the raw files are like, I keep them on like a Dropbox or a Google Drive or they're somewhere digitally so that like if my computer explodes, I still have the raw material. I can rebuild what I built if I have to. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, and I was saying this to Nick and Mitch the other day, I'm kind of a digital hoarder and that like, I don't want to delete anything. So like I have every session Pro Tools session for every Doughboys episode I've ever mixed and true of most of my shows. And I don't need them. Why would I go back into a session from three years ago? I'm not going to do that, but I have it and I won't get rid of it. Um, <laughs> I did in college have a hard drive, like wipe right during finals. And I lost two of my, like I was mixing. So I was part of this program in college called Mix Pilots, where there was four of us. There's four students from the sound program that got paid by the school, like work study to mix um, faculty projects like school projects videos and stuff and um people's like grad students thesis films they could we could we would mix them we would get paid for it they would get a, a decent mix without having to pay for it it was kind of like this thing that the school did so I was like mixing two grad student thesis films and I lost both projects just completely gone and I was I was like I remember being in the like parking lot somewhere in Massachusetts of some like data recovery center on the phone with my dad just like wailing I was like I, it's gone I can't get it back I'm never gonna get back it's like two months worth of work gone I have to redo all of it in a week like I was losing my fucking mind um pulled it off somehow got the projects done very unhealthily I didn't sleep I slept on the floor of the studio many nights for a few hours like under the desk I got 24-hour access privilege from my professor for it like it was a whole disaster so ever since then I've been very careful about my hard drives the other time I lost a hard drive my professor borrowed it to move files forgot it wasn't his hard drive and formatted it for me Oh, that sucks ass. <laughs> That's not even my fault. Um, um, he got it all back. It took some time, but he got it all back. But he felt like such a dingus. So I I learned to back up a long time ago. Um, but we have had some, there was a Doughboys episode when I first started working for them where there was another engineer who, um, I don't remember their name and it doesn't really matter because it could happen to anyone, who, who luckily he stopped recording when they took a break, um, which I usually don't do. I usually just roll through it, but he stopped and then restarted and the first half of the episode got corrupted. I don't know what happened, but it just got completely, it was like super weird. I sent it to everyone I possibly could. No one could get it back. Uh, so there's been a, a few lost gems. Along yeah. The <laughs> but not oh. too many. Thank God. Knock on wood. Have yeah. you guys had any like atrocious episode deletions? I mean, let me just preface this by saying neither of us went to school to learn how to mix or audio engineer or do any of the things that you do. So uh, just, you know, starting there. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh man, like heart sinking, like going down the first hill of a roller coaster. Oh my god, like that two a.m. Especially when we just started out and we would record for a really fucking long time and then do these like insane edits where we would try and you know take an hour and a half and make it into forty five minutes and yeah. oh it was just you know and we were both learning on the fly and I remember there was one night where Mike had done a crazy edit and he was over at my place and we were just about to finish. And the whole thing, I don't even remember if it disappeared or yeah, crashed I, or something. Yeah. What happened was it, um, you know, if you're taking like one timeline and it's all synced and then you like make an edit where you just move like one timeline a little bit, but the other ones stay where they are. Yeah. And I, I did that at the very end, but it shifted all the timelines off and they were all out of sync and then it saved, it auto-saved. Oh, no. So I couldn't undo uh, anything. And so the whole thing was out of sync and none of it made sense. Yeah, and yeah. then I had to like read. What do you edit in? What program? Um, long <laughs> reels of film. We record <laughs> this on film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is on film. Okay, wow. Yeah, and um, then we just strip the image. I incorporate my dirty digital file. <laughs> <laughs> we use GarageBand, honestly. Oh, Just, awesome. okay, cool. Do you, so you in Maine, you have access to some pretty great weed, correct? Yeah, I do. And actually, the it's funny because the dispensaries here are starting, there are recreational ones around now. There wasn't for a while. Like, it became legal, but there was no way to get it for a while. Like, the, none of the dispensaries had the, like, recreational licenses yet. Now they do, and there are some uh, around. But I have a friend from high school who works with elderly people in pain management um, and cannabis. And so I still buy my weed black market from her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that but sounds like power. <laughs> she knows exactly where the good stuff is. That will Exactly. Yeah. yeah. When did you start smoking weed? Uh, in, co- in college, right before I went to college, really. I didn't smoke or drink or really do anything in high school. I was like a perfect little goody two-shoes theater nerd angel. Um, and then when I went to college, uh, all bets were off. My little sister actually got me stoned for the first time, which was the backwards, but she did it. Uh, so like when I was like 18, I guess. Not too young, but not, yeah. Ooh, I, I still want to get my brother high. <laughs> he He's my brother. He's uh, younger than I am. He has a doctorate and he uh-huh. runs marathons. And wow. it's my dream to smoke weed with him. I just don't know if that will ever happen that's mm-hmm. crazy is he has he ever smoked weed uh no he just does tons of coke no i'm just kidding no he doesn't <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't do anything no he's healthy he does cocaine yeah, yeah. <laughs> medical cocaine you know yeah you know. <laughs> i actually do have a friend of my sister's who is a neuropsychologist in montreal who studies uh cocaine addiction and just addiction in general and has access to medical grade cocaine for wow. his clinical studies that he is sometimes looking for people to um, take part in. And I've always That's been like... That's crazy. What medical yeah. grade cocaine? So it just like does everything cocaine do- is supposed to do, but like without the baby laxatives in it? <laughs> exactly. Like pure uncut you know, marching powder. <laughs> That's inc- That's crazy. See, I feel like if I did even that pure of a cocaine, uh, I don't think I could work that way. <laughs> like, I no. don't think, I feel like all creativity would like leave my body and I would just be like assembly line working, you know, like I can't, yeah be creative with like that's why I like weed it opens my brain up in a way that I feel like uppers and stuff like that just like 
closes it right up. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this yesterday. I was talking about uh, having an experience with friends on Adderall and feeling like they all just disconnected and unplugged from each other. And there wasn't that like beautiful organic swirl that you have right. with weed or, you know, just conviviality in general that weed can sometimes enhance. Like that, yes. like it's a, it's a shutdown thing. Totally. Yes. Like if you've ever been at a party with a bunch of people on cocaine, they're just having the same conversation really quickly. Like every 20 <laughs> minutes it restarts and you can like move to different people in the room, but it's like the same thing on a loop. And if you're not on cocaine, you're like, what is wrong with these people? <laughs> but like, if you're in a room so sober with a bunch of people who are stoned, you're still having a good time. At least I am. Absolutely. Sometimes you're the hero too. Like I had a, 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 like a New Year's Eve where everyone got, we were all in a cabin and they all took some really strong brownies and they were like, you know, littered bodies littered throughout the cabin on like, Mm -hmm. you know, couches and beds and stuff. And I made dinner because I hadn't eaten the brownies. And when they woke up, I mean, they basically like carried me around in a parade. They were like, (laughs) look at you and what you did. (laughs) You saved the day. I was like, see, that's, that's like partially why I'm scared of, not scared of edibles, but I've had a few atrocious experiences (laughs) with like brownies that are too strong that I'm just like kind of like I keep my edible we I was just talking about this yesterday with my boyfriend. I keep my edible consumption to like if it's 10 milligrams or under, I'll eat it. Yes. That's fine. But anything more than that, I'm nervous about it and I don't like I'll to eat a 10 milligram gummy and then like go run my errands and I'm fine. But then I'll eat like a 15 milligram cookie and I'll be like wiped out on the couch. So there's like a line somewhere in there that I don't really like to cross. <laughs> totally. We just got these I, I can Show one to you if you want to see what the packaging looks like. We'll so you send know you one it, if you want. They're 100 milligram pills, like a t- like the size of a Tylenol. And somehow oh they packed 100 milligrams of THC into these Why, pills. Why, which- though? Like, what's the purpose of that? Well, I think from, you know... It's a salt lick, right? You just kind of lick it throughout the day. <laughs> that <laughs> would think make sense. For patients, I mean, you know, I know plenty of people who use weed for pain or, you know, other... other and they sort take of like- that much, 100 milligrams? Oh, for sure. I like- don't think I realized that. That yeah, just yeah. sounds like it would knock me out for like four days. So I can't imagine I can't like staying yeah. awake after taking that. <laughs> yeah. I have a friend who has, uh, she uses cannabis to treat her endometriosis pain and hundred mm. milligrams just barely touches it for her. Like she's, she's oh, happy wow. with a hundred. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did yeah. not know that. Wow. I'm learning so much. That's yeah. crazy. See, it's funny. My dad has a condition in his hands uh, that causes his sympathetic nerves to over restrict and restrict his blood flow. So he has his hands are very, very cold and swollen a lot of the time. And it's the cold weather makes it just atrocious. Um, and he's taken different types of pain, like pain meds over the years to try to like maintain it and like keep it in a, at a comfortable level. And I've been pushing for some weed for so long. I'm like, let's just try some weed. And he was, and I, maybe a dose like that would probably actually help. Cause that's what his doctor was like. I don't know if, if you know, what you can get recreationally anyway, would even touch the pain in your hands. So maybe that's, maybe we're just looking at too small of doses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I learned from Mary Jane, we were uh, talking on another episode about weed and sex because a new study mm-hmm. came out that says like orgasms are super strong and arousal is super good I think good I just listened to weed. that. Was that your episode that came out yesterday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was listening to that literally this morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Cool. Thank yeah. You. Well, and so like I learned the word vasodilator from you, Mary Jane, and mm-hmm. how that like opens up the blood vessels so more blood can flow. So it sounds like, not that I know what's up with your pops exactly, but it sounds like he needs a little more blood flow. That's also- what I was saying. That was my whole concept originally because I was like, a, like 
21 year old Emma was like, well, your eyes get red when you smoke weed because the blood flow is increased and that's why your eyes turn red. So wouldn't the same thing happen to your hands if you would just smoke this joint with me, dad? (laughs) Yes. And also we should get some topicals. We should send you a package of some of the amazing topicals that are on the market now for exactly that to like, you know, treat, um, I would love that because I've tried topicals for him, but I think I just don't know what exactly to look for. And he, and like it, and, but he's opened his mind to it. My dad's my, both of my parents have like kind of opened their mind to the concept concept of marijuana a lot over the years like it was very much a like no not okay in my house growing up and through college really and now they let us smoke in the attic like nice who cares <laughs> <laughs> they like That's took cool. the chairs in for the sum for the like summer chairs that were outside up into that like to put them in storage for, to the attic and my dad was like uh we set up a little corner for you guys up there and there was like a lamp with a table and four chairs <laughs> that's so sweet do you and your sister smoke together all the time yeah Nice. She's actually she was living in Florida um, for the past like almost 10 years. And she is she's in Maine now temporarily. She's like looking for a job and hanging out. So she's been living up here, too. So like it's very interesting for us both to be home and like we're smoking in the attic. <laughs> and I was like, this feels <laughs> so bizarre. Uh <laughs> It's it's very weird, but it's it's funny, and it's we we put like a little pocket projector and a sheet up there, and like one of our switch docks is up there. So I was like playing Zelda up there last night, like <laughs> on a projector, in the attic. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, 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 like a little like eighty dollar projector from Amazon. It's like this big. It's this tiny little pocket thing, and it's not the highest quality, but it gets the job done. That sounds so magical to be smoking and playing games with like people you love in an attic, all cozy and in, oh, it's in Maine. amazing. That's oh. great. It's been a it's been an experience, yeah. I but that it's funny because like ten years ago, not even the concept of smoking inside of my parents' home was like, no fucking way, never gonna yeah. happen, nah. And now my dad's like, ah, oh, maybe I'll him. I could maybe not today, but you know, someday. Like, <laughs> you let me know. We'll we'll get you a care package. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember my high school graduation. My parents wanted to like throw a little party of like, congrats, you made it through high school. We didn't think you would. And I was like, thank you so much. And we all went around the corner of the house to smoke weed and just like pass a glass pipe around. And I'll never forget my dad coming around the corner, catching us, me being like, ah, fuck. And him being like, get in the garage. What are you doing out here? And then I was like, you're so cool, dad. That's you're awesome. You're like, fuck yeah, that thanks, man. That's <laughs> yeah. the best when you're like, I am roasted i should just like run away change my name start a new life now and then they're like just be smarter about it it's warmer over there (laughs) that's like in in high school my sister and uh i may i guess i was probably a freshman in college she was a senior in high school because i didn't smoke in high school and i was like kind of freaked out by it so like all of my memories of my sister and i smoking in high school she was still in high school and i was in college um but she we had this bong or i think it was called a zong that was a friend of ours and it was like a z-shaped long mary jane's nodding yes we all know it uh the bowl at the end it was like you capped it with your hand the carb was like huge and it was in the back seat and i knew it was in the back seat and my dad was like i was leaving and he went to put something in the back seat for me he was like oh let me take this bag out of here for you and i was like no no no, you can leave that it's fine and he picked it up and he was like what is this and i was like nothing it's not ours it's it's a friend's it's adam's like don't worry about it i gotta give it back to him and he like opened it and he was like it's mine now and he walked away with it and i was like fuck it's like that's not my bong like it's so those things aren't cheap and then we never saw it again we ripped my sister and i ripped the house apart looking for it we couldn't find it anywhere so we i think we paid him for it i forget and then 
two or three years ago, it was like Christmas and my dad goes, oh, I have something for you. And we thought it was going to be the bong and it was a, but it was a like CVS pill bottle full of Keef that we had saved and that he found and took and we had completely forgotten about. And I was like, can I smoke this still? Or is there going to be like mold in it? And he was like, I looked everywhere for that bong, but I can't find it. I must have gotten rid of it. I was like, you looked for it though. Like, you went looking through the house for it. It was so funny. And he's still every once in a while. Like, they're, they're, we're starting to get rid. We're starting the process of selling my childhood home. So we have to, like, clean a bunch of stuff out. And I am praying it shows up. Yes, <laughs> stuffed in the, the rafters somewhere. Something. That's yeah. so rad that he saved the key for you. Did you smoke it? Uh, I don't think we did. I think I, like, looked it up and people were like, unless it was, like, airtight and you know it was clean, like, you don't really know what's growing in there, or, like, what bugs could be in there and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I, that freaks me out. But I took a, I have a picture of it somewhere. Uh, maybe my sister smoked it. I should ask her. She, she might've. <laughs> that makes me think of like just finding things in closets. Have you uh, I, like, and you know, talking about addicts and childhood homes, I just want to tell a real quick story because it's, it's a story of the coolest thing I ever found in a closet. Can I tell it real quick? Yes. You have a closet story? Yes. I was. Okay. I love that. It was a winter day. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember how many years ago, but I was living in Brooklyn and I was living in this weird little house in Brooklyn um, and I was um, working for high times, but only part time. And I, it was like just kind of a weird time in my life. I was like out of money and not doing what I really wanted to be doing. And things were just strange. And I was really concerned about finances and stuff. And I was feeling depressed and whatever. And so finally I was like, what am I going to do? Well, let me just like, I'll clean up my closet. I'll organize my sweaters. That will make me feel better about my life because I've done mm-hmm. something productive. And so I do that I, all the time. Yeah, so in my closet, right? Like, or you know, like organize under your sink, or like get a get a take a toothbrush to your bathroom tile grout. Like that will just totally like some little productive project that you look at later and you're like, I did something today. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) exactly. And so that was my sort of like intention. I got a chair, I pulled it over to this closet of you know, this little house that I'd moved into, but never really fully explored because I was sort of in a weird state. I was going through a breakup and I was like, ah, I don't really want to be in this space anyway. But I pulled up the chair to the closet and I got in and I pulled out all my sweaters. And then I saw something that I'd never noticed before at the top back of the very top shelf. And it looked like a brick and I pulled it towards me and it was $5,000 in change or in cash in $20 bills. What the bills. fuck? I have a picture of it. I just pulled it up on my phone the other day. That's why I'm thinking about it and talking about like addicts and closets and found objects. Holy I found $5,000 in 20s. Wow. Was, and then I got in touch with my um, best friend, Meg, who's sort of like my moral barometer. And I was like, okay, what do you think I can do with this? Like, can I actually just use this to live or do I need to inform anyone? And she was like, it's cash, right? And I was like, yeah. So I, she was like, just check with your landlord to see if maybe, you know, there's any sort of like indication that he might have left anything yeah. there. And so I just checked in with Anthony, who was like the nicest guy. And You're like, is like, there any chance you left five grand in the closet? Yeah. In 20s? And he, but I was like, who lived here before He's me? He's like, uh, yeah, definitely mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's in 20s, you said? Yeah, uh, 20s. Yeah. And he, he was like, who, who, I, I asked him who'd lived in the house before me and he you know, someone who Tony Soprano. You know, it was like no, it was like a nice young couple who were saving for their wedding and then moved to Vermont. So it definitely wasn't them. So I think it had been there a very long time from like several tenants ago. And I was just the first person who looked in that spot. And I have five. That's so funny. Wow. So the universe just really needed that. That was like, well, that's one of those things. I feel like I have these moments in life and I talk about this sometimes where like something will happen and it's like a little sign from the universe that like 
you are in the right spot. This is where you're supposed to be. You're on the right path. Like when it's usually when you're kind of questioning it, like where you're broke or you're between jobs or you're whatever. That's kind of how I felt like in COVID times when we like gave up our apartment and we had like put it in storage. We were driving back across the country and I was like, we're effectively like we have places to stay and places to live with family, but like we don't have our own home anymore, which is weird. And I was like, I don't know how to feel about that, blah, blah, blah. And then we were in Florida uh, in Fort Myers with my boyfriend's uncle. We stayed there for a little while because it was winter and I didn't want to come here. Um, and that's when I got, was when we met my dog, they were fostering her and she just like attached to me. And I was like, can I keep her? And they were like, yeah. And it was like, so I've always wanted a dog. And we talked about it. But we were like, we don't have a home right now. We're kind of nomads. It'd be awful to adopt a dog and like put them into this situation. And plus no, sh- no shelter's ever going to like give you a dog if you have no home address <laughs> like, right they're gonna be like no fucking way like usually they're like show me your backyard and tell me how many blades of grass are back there like i don't even have a house so i was like no way we'll ever get one and then like this dog showed up and she attached herself to me and she follows me everywhere and like now she's mine and now she's still attached to me sleeping on the floor behind me and like it was one of those moments where I was like, wow, I've wanted this for so long. This is the absolute last time I thought we would make this happen. And here she is. And it was one of those moments where I was like, I'm in the right spot. It feels weird, but I'm in the right spot. So just keep going. That's so good. So good. Gemini. I love those moments. And like the universe just like handed you five grand. They were like, you know what? You needed a boost today. How's this? (laughs) You seem down in the dumps. Here is enough (laughs) money to live on for three months. Like, yeah. Here's rent for the rest of the year, honey. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So good. So good. (laughs) What's your snack game like these days? Like, do you have in that attic, do you have like cinnamon sugar pop tarts and Cheeto puffs next to the Zelda Twitch projector? Like what's your, what's your look? What does it look like for you? It's funny. We just, um, I actually thought about recording up there today, but there's an air handler that turns on every like five to 10 minutes. It's really loud. So I was like, <laughs> I can't do that. Um, uh, but we have, we just put a cooler up there, not with like cold packs in it, but just like, it's an attic. It's dusty. I don't want my food sitting out, you know, but, um, to put snacks in. So I've got up there right now we have Numino's, which are like, you know, the Newman zone Oreo version. Uh, they're delicious. And then what's the cream thickness? I think, I don't know if Numino's comes in multiple. I think it's just the regular ones, is it, but if is I'm getting it Oreos, amount? it's double stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It's it. I think it's probably close to a double stuff. Um, okay. um, and then we have a lot of Annie's. I love I love the Annie's cheddar bunnies. Those are a strong staple always. And I've really been into recent chocolate lately. It's like a. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a high chew, but chocolate and caramel. It's like Ooh. super chewy and like you have to like chew it for a while. And I kind of like that when I'm playing video games. Keeps my hands free. <laughs> Yeah, like a Tootsie Roll kind of situation? Kind of, yeah. They're delicious, and I like had never had them before, and then my boyfriend bought them a couple months ago, and I was like, how have I never had this before? This is amazing. And then they were in the checkout aisle at Hannaford the other day, and I was like, ooh, let's bring these back. <laughs> wow, I need um, to try those. Yeah, they're delicious. I'll send you guys some. They're, they're a good time. And we're actually... We're supposed to get like a foot of snow on Saturday. There's supposed to be a huge blizzard. So we actually just went to the grocery store this morning to like blizzard snack shop. Nice. <laughs> As did everybody in the Seacoast area. It was banging. Hannaford was full. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is Hannaford the name of the grocery store? Yeah. It's just like a Ralph's sort of. 
uh but the new england version i don't know how far they go but yeah it's uh that's our local grocery store and we got all kinds of snacks I got some uh, salt and pepper chips, Cape Cod chips. Have you guys had those? Yeah, I love the Cape Cod kettle chips. Yeah, They're I think so for good. me it goes Cape Cod, Cruncher, and then kind of everything else. I think Cape Cod might be my number one type of chip for that like, They're region. They're so good. They're so chip. like strong and crunchy, and I love them. So I got some salt and pepper, salt and black pepper, cracked black pepper, I think, uh, Cape Cod chips, which are a fave. Mm-hmm. And we're going to make... My brother's birthday is actually today, um, hey. which is very exciting. He's at he's uh, living somewhere else now, so he won't. I won't see him till tomorrow. But he, we're kind of doing his birthday this weekend, so we got stuff to make. We're gonna make homemade pizza, stuffed crust pizza, and then the next day we're gonna make homemade lasagna because it's his favorite, and we're gonna make a pizzuki. <laughs> nice so awesome. we're like all set and it's gonna snow so we're like can't leave the house it's gonna be like a foot of snow outside so it's gonna be just like a lot of hot chocolate and uh, cooking stuff <laughs> that sounds so cozy and wonderful and your brother's yeah. super super you're very close to your brother right the love of my life that kid yeah we're very tight he's the best he's the best if you if anyone listening follows me on social media you've seen a thousand pictures of him yeah, and I was just reading one of your posts. Uh, I didn't realize he's an Olympian, a special Olympian. Yes, yeah, he's been doing it since we, he was kids. Yeah, we're uh, my boyfriend and I are doing the penguin plunge next month. Um, I was like, let's do it during the snowstorm. No, we're not doing that. That's dangerous. Uh, <laughs> the ocean gets angry during snowstorms. We're not getting in it. Um, but we're yeah, he's been doing Special Olympics since. Um, I was trying to remember the exact year. I keep meaning to ask my dad, but I think since he was like 10 ish. So I was like seven, he's three years older than me. And I, we've, I've been to every games. I missed one, one year cause I couldn't get back from LA. And it was like the most heartbreaking thing I've <laughs> ever done to myself was not be there. Um, and they obviously haven't happened the past couple of years cause of COVID, but, uh, we're still, they're still, we're fundraising. Hopefully hoping it'll happen this year or some, some version of it. I'm hoping some version of it will happen this year. Um, but the past two years or whatever, we've had our own version of Special Olympics with him, like just outside. Uh, and it's like our summer camp. That's the na- our our team name for the plunges Camp Chula because that's just the name of our fake summer camp that we made in COVID. Is <laughs> <laughs> Camp Chula? So, uh, yeah, he's been doing Special Olympics forever. He loves it. He's just the best. What does he compete in? He does. The 100-meter dash and the 50-meter dash, the standing long jump, and the softball throw. Holy Um, cow. Yeah. He used to do the soccer. He used to play with the soccer team, and then we stopped that because he mostly just stood there in the field and stared at everybody. So we were like, you're not really a team player. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll give that spot to somebody who is going to be a team player, (laughs) and we'll get you into some solo sports. So he does, yeah, but he does the standing long jump. Um, which is more of a bunny hop. He just kind of like hops down the thing, which is great. Uh, but he's been doing it forever. He has a thousand medals and ribbons. They're all over his, uh, he's living with a caretaker now. It's this whole transition thing that he's going through, not living with mom and dad anymore and living somewhere else. And in the basement of his new house, there's this big built in shelf and all of his books. He loves books with all of his books are on it. And all of his medals are hanging and ribbons are hanging from it. And it's like, the coolest thing and he loves showing it to people it's like his pride and joy his library uh it's very cute <laughs> that's so awesome it's, it's also a really big deal to transition out of your house somewhere else it's um, huge yeah it's huge my brother he got his doctorate in special education so he oh, works really yeah yeah so everything you're talking about he's described to me from the um 
like being like a part a of the education system. Yeah, yeah. yeah I it's would a big actually deal. love to pick your brother's brain. <laughs> okay, hundred percent. That's one of the things that we're finding in this process is there is very little like support online. Like it's hard to find a therapist who understands what the process is or like support groups. It's such a unique rare thing that's like not actually that rare but it's rare enough that like it's not easy to find resources so we're kind of like i guess we just go for it and see what happens and adjust accordingly and it's been a harrowing process we've been talking about it for like the better part of a decade um and he just started living there for he lives there four days a week or four nights a week he we he goes monday to friday he's with us friday night to monday morning um, so just for the weekends and that's been the schedule since September and that's been quite an adjustment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge yeah. adjustment. Yeah. yeah. As someone who comes from a, a small family that like is all over the globe, I love the sound of like how supported and supportive your whole family is together. Like, yeah, the, the whole thing. my immediate family, especially like my, my, it's just my parents, my sister and I, and my brother and like my, my brother's older than us. Um, and he's technically our half brother. He had a different biological dad who passed away before he was born. And there was a period of time where my parents weren't sure if they should have more kids. Like maybe we just, just have Michael and that's it. And the, he, they had a doctor, your name is Dr. Bresnahan at Boston Children's Hospital that was like, oh no, the best thing you can do for him is give him siblings. Like absolutely give him siblings. And I'm like, cannot imagine my life without him, but my sister and I are like, his like little cheer squad like we're just like even if we hate each other for whatever reason if there's something that needs to be taken care of in regards to michael we're there and we're fine and we can take care of it and it's like totally good and then we'll leave there and hate each other again but like (laughs) if it involves michael we're here and we're right next to each other and my parents are the same way and like my extended family is like that they all show up and like it's been we posted this fundraiser for special olympics for the penguin plunge and i was like 2500 bucks feels like a good goal like we'll totally like take some time we'll raise some money and it like we blew past it in like a day when i posted it because people online just like he just has like this effect on people i don't know what it is it's magical it truly is and i like just like so blessed to have him around all the time i miss having him around every day (laughs) but yeah. He gets to be here tomorrow, and I'm very excited to spoil him rotten all weekend. <laughs> That's awesome. And drink hot cocoa in a blizzard? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Maybe we'll make a snowman. Depends on what the snow's like. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I'm I'm still thinking about that stuffed crust pizza and lasagna. That, I, I mean, know. Come on. The kid's got good taste. I don't know. He's just like, he loves food. He will literally sit... And he will talk about how he wants pancakes for breakfast all night. And you'll be like, all right, pancakes for breakfast. We'll make pancakes for breakfast. And then you'll be sitting there making pancakes. And he's asking you if you can make burgers for lunch. And it's like, dude, we're making the pancakes you've been talking about for 24 (laughs) hours. And now he's like, fuck the pancakes, burgers for lunch. And then while you're making burgers at lunch, he's like, lasagna for dinner. And it's like, (laughs) just always thinking about the next meal. It's always the next meal, which is, I mean, I kind of relate. I was going to say, I absolutely plan dinner when I'm eating breakfast. So I totally appreciate it. Because food's important. And if I'm going to eat it, it needs to be worth it. And I want it to be good. So I put some thought into it. And I appreciate that he does the same thing, except he's not making any of it. We are. (laughs) (laughs) amazing do you like cooking or do you eat a lot of to-go meals and dunkin donuts (laughs) i i don't love cooking i like i can i liked meal 
when I was like working out in the world, like actually going places to work, I meal prepped a lot. Like I would spend all day Sunday just like cooking up a pot of chili or something delicious. And like I would rather cook for like eight hours one day a week than cook every day. I can't. It's too much for me. Um, But my boyfriend is a fantastic cook and my dad is a fantastic cook. So like and I've my old roommate was a fantastic cook. I've been very blessed to be surrounded by people who like to cook. So I am happy to eat it (laughs) and I'm great at doing the dishes. (laughs) I am fantastic at dishes. I can load a mean dishwasher or I can wash them by hand. (laughs) Uh And honestly, one of my favorite things to do is be high and clean a dish because it goes from dirty to clean and there's closure in that for me. So like smoking weed and doing a task like that, so satisfying. Often if there's dishes in the sink, if I'm like having trouble motivating my day, doing the dishes is like one of those tasks that I can do that will kind of like kickstart the motivation for the day because it's such a like concrete task. Like it's done and it looks clean and it's good. And you're like, wow, I want to do that again. Let's go out. Let's move on to the closet. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. If I'm on deadline, uh, you know, and writers always make jokes about this, like now is the best time to like Mike came over the other day and he was like, I know you're on deadline because you're cleaning the dog water. uh, Yeah. Like. fountain. And I was like, yeah. that's right. It needs to be scrubbed and it's going to take me half an hour so I can procrastinate about this story that right. I have to Right. You got to keep your hands busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But my boyfriend lately has been very into uh, dough and like bread making. Like we're, he's growing a sourdough starter in the attic right now. And like we made, he made brioche buns. We've made donuts. We've made bagels. We're making the homemade pizza dough for tomorrow for our stuffed crust pizza. Like we're just very because it's so fucking bleak here sometimes in the winter like the sun goes down at 4 p.m and you're right like, cool well i sleep and i work la hours so i usually try not to sit down and work until noon because i know i'm gonna be working until eight or nine so like i get i see the sun for like a few hours a day maybe and then i'm just like in darkness so like we're like what can we make next brioche buns sounds great sounds advanced that's amazing yeah it's Honestly, it's wonderful. And like working with dough is like sort of therapeutic in that way. It's like Play-Doh and like you stretch it and you sometimes you get to punch it. And like, it's great. <laughs> I highly recommend it. So, so good. Also, if you see a ghost in a sheet living in your attic, smoking <laughs> weed, watching a projector and hanging out with that dough, uh, it's, it's me you. trying to scare all of you out of the house so I can live there because that sounds amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's been a. I'll try and get some pictures of the little fort we've built up there, and I'll show it to you. Cause like my parents put the chairs up there, and then my sister and I like we got a little. We went to Target and like bought a rug and like put that on the floor, cause it's just like a plywood floor. And then we like we're Christmas shopping, and we came across these cute tapestries, so we bought those. And then I like was like, well, I'm just gonna like get some top sheets from Walmart and like fill in the rest of the space so it's like all like it's like blanket it's like a big blanket for it we like hung some lights like oh, <laughs> it's magical. turned into a whole thing uh but i highly recommend building a blanket for it if you're you know on a deadline and need something to task your hands with definitely build a blanket for it <laughs> <laughs> oh no i have another thing to add to my procrastination yeah. list you're like you have one one paragraph to write for rolling stone i come over and you have a thousand piece puzzle finished and <laughs> blanket for it in the middle. Every sheet she owns is hanging from the ceiling, you know? <laughs> Definitely. It's very cozy inside of a fort. We've done a few different little forts like throughout quarantine in different places. Like we were at my boyfriend's mom's house and she has this nook in her basement that's like very sectioned off and they have a TV in there and so we like hung a blanket over the door and like hung some blankets on the ceiling and it just like feels so cozy and safe in the in like a blanket fort. You're like, nothing can touch me here. <laughs> 
that sounds so good. Uh, I have one more story. I know we have to wrap up. I know we're over. But like in college, uh, what we did, me and my three roommates, we moved all the furniture in the living room to like the corner. And my good friend, Matt Strauman, bought a massive screen TV to hang on the wall. And Mm -hmm. we just set up a four-person tent. And in the middle of it, we had a big Tupperware box filled with snacks from Costco. Mm -hmm. And we would just hot box that tent and then unzip the flap and watch TV and movies all day and Hell just yeah. pull, like reach in there and pull out like a star crunch or a nutter butter. And yeah. that, w- that was like all Saturday, every Saturday. It was a dream. That's amazing. Yeah. You got to do like whatever you can in like, win- especially in winter months to like get through those cold, cold days. So yeah. 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 Highly recommend TVs and tents, blanket forts pocket projectors, whatever you need. And weed. Yeah, I like the Emma starter kit. I like yeah. the starter kit so much. A blanket for it, snacks and it weed. Is, I have said multiple times when we're like trying to hang up blankets and stuff that I'm just going to build like and like sell a blanket fort kit that's just like neutral colored, flat sheet, lightweight blankets that you can like hang from your ceiling without doing damage so, so you can make your little blanket fort and then wrap it all back up because that's half the battle. You're like ripping through your mom's linen closet like, and she's like, those are the good sheets. Don't hang those up, you know? <laughs> I feel like you could really sell this on Etsy. Truly. Right? <laughs> yeah. Once the sharks, I'll just go straight to Shark Tank. Straight to sharks. Lori would have a field day with she this. She would absolutely. Yeah, that that would be QVC on QVC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sold. You heard it here first. All right. You've heard it here first. It's trademark. Don't take it. Don't take it. Also, (laughs) shout out, put it in the air. You and Lori peeking out of a blanket fort on Shark Tank together. There you go. That'll be nice. Yeah. It'll be so fun. I think she'd be down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, where can everyone find you and follow all of your exploits? Oh, man. Um, I am on Twitter and Instagram. Same, same, same. Both places at Emma Tree. It's E-M-M-A-A-T-R-E-E. Uh, which is a name my friends called me in college because my my legal name is actually Emily. <laughs> um, and so they would call me Emma Tree because I always had the tree with me. So I was Emma Tree instead of Emily. So and it's just stuck <laughs> and it's I'm keeping it forever. I love it. Um, but yeah, you, all my stuff is there. You'll find pictures of my brother there and the random shows that I work on are all tagged somewhere in and around there. Uh, I'm working on a website. It's emmaerdbrink.com, but it's not up yet. And I don't know when it will be, but... Maybe by next week. Who knows? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, I hope one day we get to work with you also. Yes. Oh, hell yeah. I would love well. to. Yeah. That would be fun. I'll That's on the that Weed and Grub there. vision board for sure for to, to work with you. On oh, it. hell yeah. I would love to. That sounds awesome. Oh, yeah. my Ooh. thinking ideas. Okay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is so cool to hang out. We'd love to have you back anytime, all the time. Oh, yeah. Anytime. Hit me up. I'm around. Awesome. And you can follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. WG at Weed and Grub is our email. Uh, thank you for the people who just left a bunch more reviews and five-star clicks. That means a lot. Woo. It says a lot. It feels good. Shout out Chartable because you know we out there. And uh, <laughs> bye, everyone. Bye.